<laughs> Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Lando's Lounge. Woo! What's going on? How you doing, you old pirate? Oh, well, you know, it's hot as blazes in here, so once again, I'm only half-clothed. But that that's become... I've done way more of these episodes half-clothed than I have, like, with a shirt on or anything, so I think that's just become the norm. It's just very hot in the recording room all the time. To, and we have to turn the fan off, and mm-hmm. it sucks. So don't say we never sacrificed yeah. anything for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> all right, well, we are doing... A normal episode today. This is not one of the series episodes. So this is the one where we have kind of the segments. We're going to have the Ugnaught update. Um, Tabana Talks, where we kind of talk about each uh, item in the Ugnaught update. And then we're going to do the Carbon Freeze somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just... Shall we just get into it? Because there's, there's quite a few it. interesting things to yeah. talk about. Okay, so let me just... Ugh, not update. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> so that, that that's the news flash. We're just going to yell, That's the news flash, and then I'm going to hook you. So, we're gonna, I'm going to get the hooks in you and then draw you into the story. So, Ugh, not update. We've got a first look at the new Star Wars Squadrons game. First look? Well, like... New first, look. Well... A new look. We've, we had information, but now this is, like, a first, like, real gameplay look, and also we learned more about uh, the actual mechanics. Like, so, people have played it now. Yeah, people okay. have played it now. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about that, which we touched on in the ep- episode previous, but we're gonna go uh, a little bit more in depth. Also, we have movie release dates for slated Star Wars movies have been changed, and we're going to talk about that. And then finally, the the steak and potatoes of of the cycle here. We have the Emmy nominations just came out, and everything was coming up Star Wars. So we're going to um, talk a lot about that. So let's just get into these Tabana Talks. All right. Um, why don't you take point on the first one on yeah. the list? Okay, so first up, we're going to talk about Squadrons. I've been following this pretty closely, so I feel more, I feel more, um, deserving of talking about this. It's like my baby. Here. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I heard about it, but I didn't look into it. Yeah, so everything we knew, um, in the weeks previous was just that, hey, we're going to get, it was just announced. We're going to get a Star Wars game, and it is going to be centering around just uh, space combat, just like spaceships. And all we knew was that there was going to be a campaign where we will play from both uh, perspectives. This takes place after, like directly after, or like maybe even during like the fall of the Empire. So we get the chance to play as both New Republic and Imperial uh, Star Pilots. Mm -hmm. So no real update on that front. The campaign missions will be alternating, and uh, I don't know if you play... I think you play as the same character from each. Mm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I don't know exactly what this campaign will look like, how long it'll be. Nothing like that has really surfaced. I know there's a character that was in several of the books is appearing named Ray Sloan and she's like 
an imperial like officer and she becomes really important in the aftermath trilogy of books and since this takes place like mm-hmm. right before that trilogy that's really exciting because she's one of my favorite characters from that book trilogy well we'll make sure to look out for that um a couple new modes have at first we just knew the like the flagship mode that is kind of was uh advertised as like the quintessential Star Wars Squadrons experience. It is like a fleet battle mode. And from what it sounds like, it'll basically be you have a couple it's kind of like a I mean, I don't know what to compare it to. It's kind of like Clash Royale, I guess, where they're like smaller towers or like ship objectives that you need to destroy and mm-hmm. then you can get on to like the big cruiser for the other side and what's interesting is like how they tried to vary this gameplay so you're not like doing the same thing every time for example to knock out your opponent's big flagship you can either strategically take out like weapon systems and shield systems and then make it easier to destroy the ship or you can just like go, go head on that. like just brunt force and then just destroy them mm-hmm. uh so it's that was one thing that I was like, now that's pretty cool because... Um, like most games, there's a set objective that yeah. you have to reach. Yeah. Because, like, there were there were this awesome mode in, like, um, Battlefront 2, like the original Battlefront 2, where it was, like, a space battle, but the objective was to, like, dock your ship, like, get your pilot to the other, like, cruiser, and then you, like, do something on the inside and then the ship destroys itself Mm. but that was like the only way to do it so every like that's how every round went but i think it's cool to like be able to like play to different objectives but that'll also like require like a certain amount of teamwork which uh not all team-based games really have great teamwork with them Mm -hmm. so um i guess we'll have to see what that looks like and then there is like a a dog fight kind of mode that's just like like fighters on fighters you know not really objective based yeah. just just carnage really <laughs> <laughs> carnage in the yeah air. it's like team deathmatch mm-hmm. or any sort of game mode like that and any other video game i guess and another thing that i was actually really surprised to learn was um you can like customize your ship and i was like well i'm sure that'll be there to some extent but not to as great of an extent as i imagined so apparently you can have like there are more than 50 different like modifications or like parts you Hmm. can customize on your ship so like i don't know if that's like different like thrusters or different like blaster barrels Mm. different cockpits anything like that and those like affect performance but even outside of that they're still like cosmetic items Mm. like there are a lot of skins and well yeah like i I saw in the trailer i think it was like someone had an ewok bobblehead on their dashboard or something that just looks so Mm -hmm. that's so or like you could get like a fuzzy dice hanging from the rear view or something (laughs) yeah so i mean Whenever I play video games, like, that kind of thing is, like, really appealing to me. Like, having to unlock things mm-hmm. to, like, make your yeah, ship better. Yeah, like, I feel like games like that can get boring. Like, any mm-hmm. Call of Duty game, I find, can get boring after a while because it's, like, 
even though the gameplay is always different, it's like you're still always running around shooting a gun. And so it gets kind of repetitive, but like after a while of playing that, even after you've beaten the campaign or whatever, like having all these things to unlock gives you like yeah. a reason to keep playing it. And I, I guess. think that's why um like the battle pass system in a lot of video games have become so popular especially with like battle royale style games because there's no real objective to really like Keep grind towards to the so yeah. they just added one in you know mm-hmm. so that's exciting i'm but the the other piece of news that i'll tie back into this is the one thing uh, some people were able to play it and get their hands on it, and there are basically four different um, classes of fighter So, um, on each side. So for the New Republic, like the attack class would be like an X-Wing. Then there's a bomber class that would be... Y-Wing. A Y-Wing. And then there's like an, like an infiltrator, like a speed... That's the A-Wing. ...class. And then... My favorite, the A-Wing. There's something else, I don't... Well, I don't know. X-Wing might be my favorite. A-Wing and X-Wing are both cool. Yeah. The other one is the U-Wing, I'm pretty sure. Is that... I'm pretty sure that's what I heard, like, in one of the other trailers or something. Yeah, I don't know what the other... It's like a support, I think. Oh, yeah, something like that. I don't... And they don't have... They don't have the B-Wing, which I'm pretty sure they don't have the B-Wing because... A lot of people, that's their favorite because it's such a weird ship. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the point of the ship is, like, there's a cockpit. And yeah, then like, no, exactly. From the bottom of it comes this huge, long body, but the body can swivel around the cockpit. Yeah, so just with the format of the game, <laughs> it so just weird. wouldn't no, work. That would be such a weird, difficult thing to And add. there might, like, in the campaign, there might be B-Wings, just you not ones that you them. will pilot, yeah. you know. Um... Yeah, another thing, like a support... Or maybe if they did, like, a DLC that was, like, add a B-Wing for, like... Yeah. Like, a game mode that is specifically B-Wings. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's even a possibility, but... Yeah, I don't really know. I don't... Uh, but, um... I don't really need the B-Wing. It's not my favorite. Yeah. But some people... Like, something yeah. like... You said support class. In a lot of video games, there is, like, a support or, like, a medic class. And well, yeah, I don't Typically, know. you just, like shoot them with something that like gives them health or something i don't know how that will work well, yeah well ships. i don't know i don't know if it was support i feel like it was in one of the trailers but i don't mm-hmm. actually remember what they said like everything else you said i think was right yeah but like the bomber obviously had like heavy weapons um or it had like explosive mm-hmm. weapons uh, probably considered heavier yeah um the infiltrator the a-wing is like really fast but has like lighter weapons and then the x-wing i was imagining the x-wing was kind of like the perfect middle mm-hmm. of like speed and movement and weaponry and that kind of thing and then the support one i want to say was just like slow but had a lot of like shield maybe yeah that could make sense but then i don't know what like its ability would be maybe it like because the u-wing i think you only or you first see the u-wing in rogue one i think and it's like a troop transport ship that can also 
double mm-hmm. as a spacecraft. And, like, the main weapon that they used, there's, like, blasters on it, but, like, they had a guy in the door on a door gun. Yeah. So I don't really know how that'll work in space combat in this game, but... Yeah, that that brings me to another thought. Like, the Y-Wing has, like, tail gunners. So, like, I don't know... I mean, I think it has two forward-facing blasters as well, controlled by the pilot. Mm-hmm. But it also has, like, a second area in the back where, like, a tail gunner sits. So I don't know, like, what that will be. Like, it would be cool if, like, two, like, two players were, like, in one ship and mm-hmm. one person... Because, like, just the way the game, like, the camera angle, it, the way it looks as your character is, like, sitting and you have the point of view of being in the cockpit. So that could be cool if you were, like, a tail gunner and only had to worry just about, like, swinging around, like, lining up your shots. That would mm-hmm. be pretty cool. But, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll see, like, really cool cosmetics of, like, you know how, like, um, in the Clone Wars, like, the gunships have, like, all these, like, car- caricatures of, like, Rancors and stuff. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome to, like, have custom, like, yeah, paint jobs. There's, and there's something, it's my favorite, like, one of the coolest ships I've seen is just, like, I forget what it was in. It might have been the 2D animated Clone Wars. It might have just been in the, like, the Dave Filoni Clone Wars. But it, or maybe it was in both, but it was, like the it looks kind of like the gunship that like drops the troops off but instead it carries the tank so mm-hmm. instead of having like a body it's just basically the top and the front yeah. and then it connects to a tank and it was painted like the front of it to look like a wampa head like on both sides of oh, it and I the mouth is open and this, it looks yeah. so cool i forget what it is it's like an a uh i don't remember like L, S, I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I There's don't an know. L and an S and a T, maybe A T L S or A T L S T. I don't know. <laughs> it's the L Any yeah, any combination of letters and something. It's really cool though. It looks really cool. Yeah, and then uh, just a few more things. So, I think one of the things they're going for with this game is like just a sense of deep immersion, just like. They've poured a lot into the actual graphics of the game and even the aforementioned camera angle of, like, being in the cockpit and the heads-up... Instead of, like, having Mm -hmm. a heads-up display, you just have monitors in your cockpit that tell you, like, everything you need to know, like your shield and your ammo and your thruster and stuff. And also bringing back characters like Wedge and Hera Mm -hmm. and Ray Sloan, I think, will... Even if you're not as familiar with... Like, I'm sure people are going to play it and they're not going to get who Hera is because they haven't <laughs> yeah. watched Rebels, or they're not going to get Rey Sloan because they haven't read A New Dawn or the Aftermath trilogy mm-hmm. or any of that. Um, there might even be people that play and not realize that Wedge is in the original <laughs> trilogy, but there's going to be fans that do know those references, and they're going to feel even more immersed in the world of Star Wars at this time period. Yeah, but just in case you didn't feel immersed enough... Um, this game will have VR support for PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 and PC. So that will just be nuts. <laughs> like that, oh man. I I mean, I don't currently have a PS4. You just gotta get in the recliner. I don't have a PS4 or a PC. Um, but uh, 
I might get one just for that. I might. I would like to play this game, yeah. but I don't know how I'm going yeah, to. I'm going to build my own PC just for Star Wars Squadrons is what yeah. I'm going to do. Anyway, we also do have a release date for this game. It'll come out on October 2nd. Um, all platforms it will be out on, which is PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. It will also be compatible with the new generation of consoles, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. And on PC, it can be found on Steam, Epic Game Store, and something else that's irrelevant. But um, any final thoughts on squadrons really um uh <laughs> it's well fun. i read i read yeah. this i read this book it's like the rebel starfighters man like owner's workshop manual and it's basically like this reference book that's like got all these blueprints of the ships and stuff in them so after reading that, I was like, yo, I, I can fly one of these in squadrons <laughs> I one if these. I get an Xbox or something. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, like, it's weird because I'm excited for the game to come out, but I also know that it's unlikely that I'll play it unless someone that I know gets it and then I can, like, yeah. play it on their system because I don't have a system. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... But at the same time, like, the video games are, like... In terms of the necessities of Star Wars for me, it's, like, the movies, obviously, then the TV shows, then the books, and then, like, those are the ones that are the most necessary for mm-hmm. me. And then, like, below that, the comic books, which I would love to, like, get into and start buying some of the, like, collections of those and read those, because I find them fascinating but like if i don't get to read a comic book i don't like feel bad that Mm -hmm. i'm missing out on something and then video games are kind of like at the bottom because it's like even though there is campaign like story stuff like some of the books get or some of the games get book tie-ins so it's like i feel like i can experience the feeling of the game yeah even though i'm not like playing the campaign and then like, I can always just, like, YouTube it mm-hmm. or something or, like, find someone streaming it. So it's like the books aren't, or the video games aren't very high. <laughs> the books suck. The no. video <laughs> games aren't very high on my, like, must-have yeah. list. But, like, if if I could have it, why not, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. So um, if that's something that interests you uh, when it comes out on October 2nd, you could just watch some gameplay. Like, I'm sure you won't have trouble finding <coughs> videos of people playing it. <coughs> As of now, there were a couple people uh, from, like, a couple different news sources that were able to play it, get some early gameplay. So if you are interested in learning more, because I don't consider myself an authority, so I could have omitted something or slightly misreported something so if you want to read about it yourself you probably could easily find an article mm-hmm. just about it so yeah star wars squadrons <coughs> just inha- inhaling that yeah. tabana gas yeah there's a leak down down in the sub levels five, yeah. <laughs> uh should we do carbon freeze now or get to the next segment 
What do you think? They can't answer, so it's up to us. <laughs> um, uh, we can do it just because this isn't really the. We'll just yeah. do this. Se- we'll do this topic first because there's not much to it. Um, basically, because of COVID, Disney has pushed basically their entire movie slate backwards by a, a year. So we were supposed to have a Star Wars movie in December of 2022, December 2024, and December 2026. But now they've pushed it back to December 2023, December 2025, Mm -hmm. and December 2027. So now there is a three-year gap between now and the next movie. And in classic Disney Lucasfilm (laughs) fashion, we know absolutely nothing (laughs) about these movies. Um... All that we know, and I'm sure I've said this at some point on here, all that we know is that Taika Waititi is directing a movie. We know that Kevin Feige, who is basically the mastermind behind the Marvel Studios uh, universe, is producing a Star Wars movie. And we know that Ryan Johnson was hired for a trilogy... And that trilogy has not been canceled, despite no word on the trilogy yeah. in three years. <laughs> because they announced this before The Last Jedi, and ever since they announced it, they just haven't said anything. And so some people It'll are happen. some people are <laughs> like, oh, obviously they fired him, they just haven't said it yet, because Last Jedi was terrible, or it didn't yeah. receive the, right, the reception they were hoping for, so they aren't making his trilogy anymore. But then at the same time, the guys, the two guys, uh, what's it, David uh, Benioff and, like, D.B. Weiss, the Mm -hmm. guys who did Game of Thrones, were also hired to do a trilogy of movies, but those were officially canceled, I think. I I mean, I heard that they were... Maybe maybe they didn't, like, throw out the stories they Mm -hmm. were working on, but, like, those guys aren't involved... And the status of that trilogy, I believe at the moment, is it's not happening at least anytime soon. Yeah, because what I heard, I heard that um they were offered um, kind of like a position before the final season of Game of Thrones was done airing. And then, so people were like, oh, they rushed the ending of Game of Thrones so they could go work for Star Wars. And, I mean... Production was already... No, I think I think production was finished by that point. I think they rushed Game of Thrones because they wanted (laughs) to get eight... Or they wanted to get six, like, movie budget episodes and the spectacle and just the scale of those episodes I mean, at that point... Massive. There was It was just a time of mass hysteria in the Game of Thrones fan base, which I'm not a part of. I watched it. I loved it. I don't get why people hated it. I don't know what people were expecting in six episodes that everything... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... Like, they were expecting a 12-episode season, but in six episodes or something. Yeah, but... I don't... Yeah, but, like, not so long after that, like, they were, like dropped from the project and I'm, yeah well they had a, <laughs> they had another show in the work with mm-hmm. hbo that got canceled and it was called like confederate or something and it was about if the south won the civil war <laughs> and it was like an alternate history yeah. or whatever 
And then people were like, that's kind of racist. That's and weird. I was like, I don't know if I agree that... Like, I'm sure they wouldn't be saying, like, like racism is good. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that is kind of an odd thing to make. So, yeah, that's not so, happening anymore. Yeah, so people... A lot of people thought that the reason they were dropped from the Star Wars project is like, oh, because the final season of Game of Thrones sucked. Now, I can't really weigh in because I haven't watched any of no, Game of Thrones. it was... But... I don't know what people were expecting, but that's, I've heard, that's exactly yeah, what I expected. I've heard enough about I've heard enough Star Wars outrage to know that I think this yeah it, all, fan bases all of in the, general can get so yeah toxic. all of the um, hate I've heard about Game of Thrones seems it definitely everyone's is, just like well it just it just sucked <laughs> and I was like <laughs> okay well you're entitled to your well, opinion I guess yeah, I don't no. really know but. No, I watched it. It was exactly what I expected it to be. So I think people just expected something and then mm-hmm. didn't get it. And I think that's the problem with the Star yeah. Wars outrage, too, is yeah. that a lot of people were expecting and hoping for something, and then that didn't happen. Because if you're expecting something to happen, what fun is it if it if everything happens exactly how you thought it would, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't but know. Why? I don't really get yeah. on that outrage train. If I don't like something, I'll just yeah. move on, I guess. Yeah. So, um, why that trilogy was canceled or they were dropped we, from the project? Yeah, then? we don't know. Yeah, There's don't know. been theories that maybe it was going to tie into, like, this new time period that they're exploring in the books coming next January called The High Republic. Uh, but, really, we didn't know anything, so we can't do anything but speculate on what it would have been um so like that's all that we know about the movies is that Tyka's getting one kevin feige's producing one those could be the same movie we don't yeah. know um because obviously Tyka has worked with uh, feige before so i kind of hope it's not like i kind of hope kevin feige and Tyka aren't working together because like, I <laughs> don't I feel like take I know this where you're the going wrong way. <laughs> I don't want Star Wars to feel Marvel-y. Mm-hmm. You know, like Star Wars has such a unique thing. Like it's almost its own genre, and Marvel also is kind of its own genre. It's like this superhero. Like for whatever reason, everyone always quips all the time. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't want Star Wars to be that kind of tone, especially if it's from Taika, who can do something so. Like he, all of his movies like have the same charm and quality about them, but they can all he can also do like different tones really well. Mm -hmm. Like Jojo Rabbit is one of my favorite movies I think ever. And, like, it's Taika, and it's his humor, like, all throughout it. But then there's just these, like, heartbreaking moments in it. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that he does something along those lines, where it's, like, a fun story, but also hits those notes of, like, this is something, like, that real people deal with. Yeah, and, like, even Star Wars has some more, like, serious elements and themes to it, like... And it's not to say Marvel doesn't, obviously. Yeah, but... But it's like, I think the two should stay differentiated. Like, I would hate for them Mm -hmm. to bleed over tonally because, like, 
Like, you want distinction. Like, if Marvel's going to put out three movies in a year, and we're going to get another Star Wars movie in that year, and if all four of them are, like, the exact same kind of Mm -hmm. tone and feeling and, like, same kind of humor and everything, I just don't think that would be fun. Yeah, like, I feel like Marvel is more digestible. Like, you don't really have to go into it and, like, think super hard necessarily. It's not saying it's stupid or anything, but, like... It's just a lot it's of... It's like... It's just yeah. a blockbuster. Yeah, it's and like the Star popcorn. Wars is blockbusters too, but there's also just like this intricate like lore that like so many people well, yeah, aren't like, even aware of. So, like Star Wars, when George Lucas made it, like the influences that George Lucas was drawing from are mm-hmm. like Akira Kurosawa and like classic spaghetti westerns. And so like Star Wars has always kind of drawn on like references that... Or, like, stylistic choices that maybe most modern movie audiences don't get. Like, The Mandalorian, if you watch that, like, so... It's very Eastwood, yeah. Well, yeah, not not only that, but, like, even Eastwood is very uh, Mifune from, like, Kurosawa Mm -hmm. movies. Who's... Mifune's, like, the, the actor... For the samurai movies, basically, if there's a samurai movie, it's likely that he's in it. Um, but, like, uh, I've heard, like, if you watch the Mandalorian documentary series, John Favreau always, like, they mention Yojimbo mm. so many times. And I'm like, <laughs> thank God I've watched that movie before yeah. because I get that reference and I, I totally see it. Because Yojimbo is, like, this lone samurai, a ronin, who, like, in the first movie, there's two movies that feature uh, the character uh, Sanjuro. Um, and the first one is called Yojimbo, which I believe just means like bodyguard or something in Japanese. Don't quote me on that. But like, he just shows up in this town, finds out that everyone in the town is like a terrible person, and then he just plays both sides against each other. <laughs> and then the second one is like, um, oh, I forget it i liked it more than mm-hmm. yojimbo watching it even though i think the mo like most people would consider yojimbo like the better of the two but like i don't know i just like the I, th- I think the action was better in sandra especially at the end which is why i liked it but again it's like <laughs> the same not to go on a weird kurosawa rant but <laughs> it's relatable uh, watch right? <laughs> watch more kurosawa <laughs> Um, but basically the Mandalorian is like that same character. He's like this mysterious, mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote lone Mandalorian, even though the rest of them are just in hiding. But to most people, he's like the Mandalorian. That's what they call him. Cause he's the only one quote mm-hmm. unquote. So it's definitely drawing from that. And then also lone wolf and cub, which is another samurai movie yeah. that I haven't seen. That's about a guy and, um, I think, like, a young child that he goes around with. Obviously, the influence there, the samurai going around with Baby Yoda. So, like, Star Wars, I feel like, has always had these deeper cinematic kind of references and, like, intentionality behind them, Mm -hmm. which isn't to say that Marvel doesn't, but I feel like Marvel is definitely not pandering to, like the kurosawa fan like they're not their audience is everybody so everybody needs to get this even if the directors are like oh yeah i'm gonna put a hint to my favorite movie over here but for the most part it's this but like if you watch star wars one 
it's basically the Hidden Fortress by Kurosawa, just in space. So I feel like Star Wars and Marvel should not... Yeah. They shouldn't feel the same, and it's not to put one above the other, even though I think our Star Wars podcast <laughs> kind of shows maybe what we like better. But I, I just don't want... I just yeah. want... Like, I would hate to see Kevin Feige come in and become the Star Wars guy... Nothing against him, but I would hate for him to do Marvel and Star Wars because it feels like dipping yeah. into too many things, and I don't want cross dipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. No. Doubt. But Taika Waititi can literally do anything, and yeah, I will pay big bucks. Yeah, for I it. mean he ha- he directed an episode of Mandalorian. The Mandalorian right off the bat. There's like an opening little scene with two scout troopers <laughs> on their bikes, and I was like, I can tell that he made this. Uh huh. But um, but then they punch the kid, and then they punch yeah. the child, and then you're like, whoa! So, so that's the thing. Even in Jojo Rabbit, like he balances his his comedy and his awkward and by charm the way, in there. With Jojo like, Rabbit is hilarious. Yeah, no, and even at parts, like it'll make you laugh, but what it's actually saying is like very disheartening because yeah like jojo rabbit just a quick aside for those who might not know what it is it's a, the story about a young german child growing up in nazi germany and him as well as many german children were just brainwashed into thinking like that like that hitler, is a god, hitler and everything revolving around him is just amazing and great but um he eventually Jews are bad yeah Little Jew he, in the wall. He, he, uh, he eventually realizes <laughs> that his mother has been helping a Jewish girl who lives in their house without his knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so he's having his perspective change. And it there's so many funny moments in it. That but are then, just, like, but, devastating. But you're you just, about like, it. devastated about, like, how, like, this brainwashed just, like, he is. And that, yeah. that this really happens. So... He, with Star Wars, it'd be awesome, and I know he can do it, to, like, have his humor in there, but, like, still have these, like, deeper themes mm-hmm. about, like, betrayal and, mm-hmm. you know, anger and, like, everything that we've come to expect from the overarching stories and, like, the heritage of Star Wars. And I just feel like the DNA of what mm-hmm. um, is in kind of Taika Waititi style will, it could match up yeah. with um, Star Wars without being too marvel thing another thing that i heard about what taika's movie could potentially be is that um a lot of his films see, tend to focus on children so jojo rabbit um another one he did that was really good called hunt for the wilder people um and then i think his first movie ever was called boy <laughs> um and i'm trying to think what other ones he's done what we do in the shadows does not fit this neither does the thor one. Oh, and that's another thing is tyke is also making thor 4 so who knows what date his movie's going mm-hmm. to be um but probably not this the closest one because he's making thor 4 uh which is another like huge uh blockbuster so um and also just a quick note who would have thought that of Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, that Thor would be the one to get four movies. Yeah, really. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Taika really revived that. But um, <laughs> I saw the idea that maybe Taika's movie will be about, like, a child in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be so cool to see, like, a protagonist, like, the main character of a Star Wars movie that's, like, a kid. Yeah. And, like, there's so much... 
interesting stuff you could do because no one's really explored that, especially on the big screen. Like, there have been kids, but, like, there's no not yeah. been a movie where the main character is a kid. Like, the... Not even Phantom Menace, because... Yeah, because... Anakin's, like, although a side An- character. Yeah, although Anakin was, like, a big character, like, the main characters were definitely Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. like, but... And even Padme's yeah. but, main um, character. Like, all right, I have a question for you. Do you think Taika's movie will... I guess, I guess I'm only asking Taika's movie because we know from his other works what he typically does. Mm-hmm. And because of the things that he said on the Mandalorian documentary, which were like, he knows Star Wars, obviously he's seen it and like it, he enjoys it. But it's not like his thing, like how Jon Favreau and uh, especially Dave Filoni were like, yeah. oh, this is this from this movie, this scene of this movie. And then, like, John Favreau's like, oh, the Sandcrawler toy, I used to have that, and I wanted it to go faster, so mm-hmm. we yeah. made it go fast in this one. And Taika's like, yeah, I've seen Star Wars, and I like <laughs> yeah. it, but it's not, like, my, like, it's not my obsession. So, do you think he's going to, or do you think they're going to have him explore a new time period, or, like, a new setting? Or do you think he's going to stick within kind of what we know, like, sequel error? Or, that's the first question. Do you think he, that he's going to go somewhere new, or he's going to stick within the timeline we know for his movie? And if you think they'll stick in the timeline, do you think that he'll go prequel, original trilogy, or mm-hmm. sequel trilogy? Or somewhere in between? Well... First of all, even though he says Star Wars might not necessarily be, like, his thing, I don't think that means that um, once he's given the reins that he won't pour the hours into, like, looking into material. Because he's oh, yeah. also, he's, he seems very meticulous about his mm-hmm. his particular craft, so I'm sure he'll well, definitely delve into... Have you seen the behind-the-scenes footage that they showed? <laughs> yeah, there's one like, where he's just, like asleep in a chair during like the Thor <laughs> yeah. Ragnarok production like all the time he's just asleep in his chair yeah. well so. not you know what yeah, I, mean, I yeah I know like, he takes his art seriously but yeah. at the same time so, he's like like, uh, like Ryan Johnson and... I mean one of the things he was accused of like not knowing Star Wars but I'm pretty sure he moved on to Lucasfilm Ranch but to write it yeah he read so many books that weren't even necessarily canon because he was just like yeah just really like yeah, digging into a, star wars so yeah um there's a documentary on disney plus if you click on the last jedi and you go to extras i believe it's called the director and the jedi but it's all about like the behind the scenes yeah. of making the last jedi and really even if you didn't like the last jedi like just watching Ryan Johnson's yeah mo- like make the movie i feel like at some level it would completely change yeah. how you view him at least cuz i think he gets a lot of bad rap but he's very like particular he's he's not like i don't really care about the lore of star wars so we're going to yeah. do this he's very like this means this and this and- and even if the actor doesn't necessarily yeah, that's the, like what that's he's the doing, the actors are still like, but I respect your vision, mm. so I'll do it. Yeah, so that's, it's like, he's definitely not just this 
I don't care. We're gonna do this because I want to make money. That's yeah, not this whole, him, and that's not Taika either. I doubt. Yeah, Taika this whole would ever Ryan do like hate that. storm was whipped up after, and he says it in the documentary. Mark Hamill, obviously iconic actor of Luke Skywalker, said he was like, I didn't like what they did with Luke in the Last Jedi, and so people were like, Well, if Luke said it, then it must be true. But then he was also like, But I know that he has his vision, and I can't say that. Like, even though it's not what I like, I can't say that it is or isn't what's best for the movie or what's mm-hmm. best for my character, you know? Yeah, so he, he, there's, he said his only job was to, yeah, like, do as much as he can to support So he, 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 he never denied no, that he Ryan, agree, yeah, yeah. He, he gave it his all and he never denied that Ryan Johnson wanted what's worse for Star Wars yeah. or he doesn't know Star Wars. Um, so back, back to the question, I feel like Taika is in this same kind of lane where he, even if he doesn't necessarily have an encyclopedic knowledge that some people (coughs) have (laughs) that, uh, I'm sure he'll put in the hours. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as to what era it's in, and I mean, I have really nothing to base this off of, but I feel like... Like, what you said, if it could be a movie about a child or, like, a younger person, I'm thinking maybe prequel era, or, like, maybe, like, a bit pre-prequel movies, and, like, fo- it could be cool to, like, focus around a Padawan, like... Mm. Oh, yeah, that's or, another question. Yeah. Do you think it'll be Force-related, or do you think it'll just be, like, kind of military or... Because mm. like I it's really hard because like say. Rogue One and Solo both are the only two spinoff movies we've gotten so far, and both and were... both of them are just like military slash like criminal, yeah. just like normal people stuff, with not really a lot of force. I mean Rogue One a little bit, but like no one uses the force <laughs> in that movie except I feel Darth like Vader, so. I feel like the force has so much potential for comedy that we've never explored i feel like Mm -hmm. there has to be something yeah you know um i think that's my my hope is that it's like a jedi story prequel era yeah type movie because again that would be something we haven't gotten like a spinoff yeah about a jedi or a sith or something that isn't it doesn't play into the whole grand yeah. scheme. It's a contained story mm-hmm. just about a Padawan or something. Yeah. Um, my fear is that it's going to go either between three and four or sometime during four and six. Because, like, I would even be fine with after six, like between six and seven, but or even after nine, but I don't think they're going to go after nine yet. I think they're saving the post- Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. era for a few years down the line, and then we'll go back to it. And I think maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy will be that story. Maybe. But maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy will just go far back in another <laughs> direction. I don't know. Those are my two theories for his movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping Taika's is prequel or pre-prequel era, or post-6, pre-7. Or even during the sequel trilogy sometime. Because I think the... After 3 to uh, 
end of six era is way way filled with too stuff. saturated yeah there's so much stuff in there um i do kind of hope his movie's about a kid because again that's something we haven't seen before um and i think if it's like a story about a jedi like maybe it could be like young qui-gon jinn even before he gets chosen as dooku's master yeah that's what i was about to say um, in movies, because I feel never... like they've just brought up Qui Gon Jinn a lot lately, mm-hmm. like a book, and then, um, well, mentioned in the Dooku like uh, audio drama, and then um, pro- maybe Kenobi, and then his voice in Rise of Skywalker. So I feel like they've just brought Qui Gon up enough uh, up a lot recently, and maybe they're saying like hey, we put Qui-Gon in one movie and then killed him, and we shouldn't have done that because he's pretty great, so <laughs> what else can we do with him? And maybe yeah. this could be it. But, again, we have nothing to base any of this off of, <laughs> except what this we is hope. pure speculation. Um, as for Feige's movie, no clue. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. Just, if well, he's just producing it, yeah, it's hard to... It's not like he has... He's not like, like a driving creative yeah, force. Yeah, and I'm not saying that because Feige's producing that that means it'll be Marvel-ish. That just means that like he's in charge of making sure all of the other parts are like yeah put together, and then it's the director and the writer and them who, you know, like yeah, flesh out the story and tone mm-hmm. and things. So, um, I mean, hopefully they stick with kind of the. Star Wars tradition of hiring actors that are basically unknown and don't like mm-hmm. throw Chris Hemsworth into Star Wars because <laughs> that'd be that's weird. Not that'd be so weird to see. Yeah, I like, don't want Tom what? Holland as young Qui Gon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, no, boy. I I I I would like to. I don't know. I feel like Star Wars going forward needs to kind of stick with what make Star Wars Star Wars, which is the characters being, like, nobodies, basically. Mm-hmm. The actors. And you can have a few, like, maybe familiar fra- faces if you, yeah, like, pay attention to that kind of thing, but, yeah, and like, even, I don't want A-list stars starring in yeah, Star and Wars. That would, be, some, that would just feel weird. They've had some big stars, like Liam Neeson and Sam Jackson, but they were... Like, not... They were barely in the movies. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. put them in, like, the lead, like, buff guy role or anything. Yeah, and, like, Liam Neeson was, like, a dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. Like, he was Schindler's List, and, like, Star Wars had Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing, and those guys weren't, like... <laughs> well, I mean, Peter Cushing did a few Dracula movies in, like, the 50s and stuff with Christopher Lee, mm. Um, but, like, those guys, when you think of their careers outside of Star Wars, like, uh, Alec Guinness was in Lawrence Lawrence of Arabia, like, these classic dramatic movies. So, like, the more popular actors, I think, fill in around the edges of Star Wars Mm -hmm. movies, but I don't think they've ever had, like, an A-list star that hasn't become an A-list unless it's because of Star Wars. Like, everybody knows Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and uh, uh, Oscar Isaac because of Star Wars. And, like, a few people might Oscar know Oscar I- Isaac from, from his like, other movies like and stuff. Like, Ex Machina. But, um, 
Yeah, but that came out, I think. Well, I don't know. I don't think so. I I don't know, but basically, please don't put Chris Hemsworth (laughs) in Star Wars. (laughs) Or Chris Evans, or... (laughs) Any of the Chris's. Chris Pratt, or Chris Pine. (laughs) No, you can put Chris Pine, he's pretty good, but... Yeah, but... Around the edges. Um, and make him die early on. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just writing a movie in my head at this yeah. point. <laughs> so, I guess um, it boils down to... We have no idea. We have no idea. We're hopeful, especially about Taika, that he can their do Star no Wars more. movie will feel like Star Wars, but we're not too concerned, because we'll sh- no. I'm sure he'll knock it out of the We'll park. watch it, and we'll love it anyways, but... but I guess the main thing is it sucks that we have to wait an extra year for all of these. So. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, Other than that, let's bust out it, the carbonite. I think it's, it's time, time for the carbon yeah. freeze. All right. So this episode of the carbon freeze, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was Charlie Brown. We are asked. going to be answering a fan listener question that was submitted to us on Instagram. Remember, you can... Uh, DM us or put a comment on a post um, and say, like, question for the carbon freeze and Mm -hmm. then ask away. Uh, This week, we're going to be answering a question from a listener. And the question is, before The Force Awakens came out, did you think that Finn was going to be the Jedi? I know, this is the first time you've probably heard this question. So... Mm. If you want to think about it a I, little, I can just I can riff, I, I can <laughs> I can riff my thoughts as I think them. Um, I don't re, I wasn't too old when that came out. I guess <laughs> it was I was five like, years ago. Yeah, so I was like eleven. I was oh, eleven really? probably, and I don't. I I mean I didn't have a phone. I didn't really have access to the internet. So the only real source of promotional material I was getting was like just cable cable television commercials and just what I was hearing around school and whatnot. So yeah, I mean they what they did show the part. I remember the one thing in the promotional material that I saw was it's the part at the end on Starkiller Base and there's like the snow around mm-hmm. them and Kylo Ren would take out his lightsaber and it had the cross guards and everyone's like yo. And, but then it's like Finn, he's like squaring up and he turns it on and he's blue lit by the saber. So, yeah, I think I think I even wore like a Finn Halloween costume to the view, to really? the showing. I, I don't remember that at all. Well, I, you wore were, a yeah, Yoda, you I wore were, a Yoda costume. Yeah. So I, I remember that. He wore some, a Yoda costume. Because some parent wanted to get a picture of me with yeah. their children. And I was like, I am not the real Yoda. Yeah. But sure. <laughs> I am like a... Five white, ten Yoda, white Finn. <laughs> yeah, and well, it I got down. I, I had to squat down on my knees and like hunch over with yeah. this cane so that I looked more. Yeah, like Yoda, our but... our grandmother is a bit of a costume aficionado, so he had his Yoda outfit. I had my Finn Halloween outfit, and our dad had a Darth Vader outfit. And they got a picture, and I remember this because it was so funny of Darth Vader standing next to Yoda, and they were, like, the same size. (laughs) And it's so funny. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, I... Definitely going into it, I thought that Finn was the Jedi, but I feel like it's not, like, early on in the movie you didn't know, oh, Ray's the Jedi. Well, because, like, I mean, it's not really a secret. Like, it spends Mm -hmm. probably the most time on her 
and she just starts doing weird force stuff and all yeah. that. And then I'm like, well, okay, like, I have, okay, like, I don't yeah. know, I don't, I don't really have, I wasn't really like, duh, I wish Finn would have been the Jedi, and I wasn't like, it's so dumb that Ray's the Jedi, like, you know, mm-hmm. I was just, again, yeah. I didn't have any real expectations going into it other than what I saw on a cable television commercial, yeah. so I wasn't disappointed or affirmed in any way it's just Mm -hmm. what it's just what it was i guess yeah and i think that's kind of the mindset that people should take is like it is what it is and you cannot like it but like it 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 only ever was what it only ever was Mm -hmm. so it's not like it was made specifically to i don't know anger people but like it's just that's the story, and if you don't like it, just... Yeah. I don't know. But, and, um, I will answer this, because I worked at a movie theater when this movie came out, and it was chaotic, but, like, one of the most memorable times of definitely my Star Wars fan uh, time, being, like, a fan of the thing. This is what I remember the most, um, because, like, I don't remember the prequels, because I was five when Revenge of the Sith came out, so... I was... Like, one, when Revenge of the Sith... I was maybe even unborn. I don't quite know. Yeah, because it was May 2005, so you weren't I was not even born, so Um, I didn't have the pleasure. So, I remember the trailers and the poster all had Finn with a lightsaber. But Rey was always bigger with her staff. Mm -hmm. So, I was always like... They're definitely like playing this as if Finn is the Jedi and like as soon as the movie starts well it starts with kind of Finn deciding to stop being a stormtrooper and then like right after that it's very obvious that Rey is the one using the force Mm -hmm. which is why the moment at the end of the movie when the lightsaber, like, Kylo's trying to grab the lightsaber, and then it flies past him and it goes to Rey. Yeah, that was not necessarily the <gasps> jaw-dropping moment that yeah, they maybe it thought seemed, it would be. It seemed like, like everyone, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like people regard that as, like, this, whoa, she's yeah, the Jedi thing. Like, but I'm like, she's been using the Force the whole movie. Yeah, for a comparison, like, when Captain America, drew, like, drew Mjolnir to him in Endgame... No one could have expected that. Like, people were like, I knew it. And even Thor was like, I knew it. But no one could have expected that. But this was like, well, yeah, she used the Force. Well, I think it's bigger than that, though. Because, like, she hadn't used the lightsaber before. And, like, she had felt the lightsaber calling to her. So I think this was more of, like, a confirmation that, like, she is the one now. Mm -hmm. Rather than, like, Finn is the guy who used the lightsaber but, like, it's, like, her accepting, like, that she has the Force. Because, like, most of the time she's, like, just hesitantly uses it when, like, she's trapped. And she's, like, you will release these bonds mm-hmm. and let me go. And then he's, like, I will release the bonds and let you go. And she's, mm-hmm. like, that worked. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> <She's> like, oh. <laughs> and then this one, she's, like, all right, well, I guess I'm doing this now. So it it, like, was a good moment. And 
<laughs> I won't go there. Well. I was gonna, I was gonna slightly throw shade, but I'm not gonna. Um, but yeah, I think definitely I thought Finn was the Jedi at first because that's definitely how they played it. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as the movie started, I was like, huh. However, I will also say that now that Rise of Skywalker is out, I think it's pretty clear that the direction that J.J. was going was that Finn would eventually be a Jedi. Because, like, they talk yeah. about him having the Force in this one. They don't. I don't think they say that no. he has the Force outright, but it's very heavily implied. It's implied in, and some, even in some creative said that's what it was. They're like, yeah. Yeah. And even, like, he says, like, I feel it when, like, he knows that they should... Yeah, he's, like, different. raised on that ship. How do you know? I just know. Yeah. We're like, well, he has the Force. And then, even in Force Awakens, there were people after that movie came out that were like, so wait, Finn isn't the Jedi. I thought Finn was going to be the Jedi. And then there were people like, well, wait a minute. Maybe he still is Force-sensitive because... Like, when they destroy the all those planets with the Starkiller base, mm-hmm. like, you hear the screams of the people while it shows Finn turning around and looking, and then it cuts to Leia, and she obviously senses it, because we know she has mm-hmm. at least something of the Force. So it's like, well, there they're drawing a comparison between Finn and Leia, both sensing this yeah. devastation. So it's like, they're definitely hints at it and even the fact that he's kind of drawn out of the first order programming and like decides to leave kind of speaks to the force calling him Mm -hmm. out of that so i think he is still a jedi and i would love for him to return even though kind of the cast of the sequel trilogies has been making remarks and like interviews and things that they would like to be done at least for a while and I know yeah. John Boyega especially said something like, don't put me on Disney Plus as Finn or whatever. Um, and Oscar Isaac was like, no, nah, I'd rather go do, like, small indie movies and I'll, <laughs> you know come, what I'll, I'll, do. Come, I'll come back to Disney when I need I another house. I want to be drive, too. Is what he said. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. <laughs> no, it but, wouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but, like, after five years making three of the biggest movies in the world, they're going to be a little tired of that. Yeah, and not even that, just drawing so much criticism and Mm -hmm. opinions just from everyone on social media. Like, that just really... With something as big as Star Wars, that just takes a toll, I guess. Yeah. Um, So I'd love to see Finn as a Jedi in the future. Um... I thought he was mm-hmm. before the movie, but during the movie, I was like, eh, he still could be. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I would love to see maybe an animated show with him training to be a Jedi or something. Yeah. Who knows? But, yeah, that's our mm-hmm. thoughts on the carbon freeze. Um, let's go right back to the final Tabana talk, Ooh. where we're going to break down some of the Emmy stuff. You want to pull up the list? Yes, yes, yes. All right, so the Emmys, uh, which is the award show for television, announced their um, nominees. And Star Wars had quite a few um, uh, 
quite a few titles pop up. Yeah, Star Wars. Or, uh, quite a few yeah. nominations. Yeah, Star Wars had 16 nominations. 15 of them being from The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, it, one of them being for Star Wars Resistance. Let's talk about that one since yeah, we can get since that one. So Star Wars Resistance was nominated for Outstanding Children's Programming. Or I will say this. I will say this. I'm much more of an Oscars guy. <laughs> yeah. I have never followed the Emmys before this mm-hmm. day. Because I think this all came out like today or yeah. yesterday. So I have not cared about the Emmys until just yeah, like now. Yeah, but this is significant because um, Mandalorian is like one of the heavy hitters for the Emmys. I think the one with the most nominations is Watchmen by a long really? shot. Wa- yeah, the Watchmen series led in nominations in everything. I didn't even watch that. Yeah, I really want I didn't, to watch that. But I thought I heard mixed reviews, but maybe I was completely wrong. You need wrong. to watch, man. Shut up. <laughs> All right, I'm back sorry to about that. So Star Wars Resistance, Outstanding <laughs> Children's Program. So Star Wars Resistance is kind of an animated show that takes place just before and during the events of the first um, sequel trilogy movie. So I think I believe I think it's like season one ends when. Um, or like it starts just before that, and like Poe is there, because I watched the whole show, and I know you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Poe is there, and he finds this uh, New Republic like security pilot, and then he asks him to join the Resistance as a spy, and he agrees. So he takes him out to this uh, planet where there's this base where basically people live and like fly and race each other and. It's basically an outpost that could be used by either the Resistance or the First Order because of, like, where it is. It's a great, like, strategic spot. So Poe hires this guy named Kaz to be a spy. And so Poe is in the first few episodes, and then he's like, all right, well, now i got to go out on this other mission. And so he goes, and it's, I think, implied that where he's going is... uh, or he leaves BB-8, actually, for, like, the first half of the se- of season one. Yeah. So, BB-8, he shows up again, or Poe shows up again, like, halfway through the show, and then takes BB-8 back with him. And so, BB-8 and Poe kind of serve as a way for the audience to, like, get used to this new show and these new characters while having, like, something to grip onto. And so, halfway through the show, when Poe comes back and then takes BB-8 with him... It's implied that that where he's going is where he is at the beginning of Force Awakens in the opening of that movie. And then the show ends like around the time that the Hosnian system gets destroyed by Starkiller Base, like all the planets in in the Force Awakens, and even uses audio, I believe, from the Force Awakens. Um, and there's like several returning voice care acting characters like Phasma and Poe and uh, Admiral Hux all have returning mm-hmm. actors playing the voice actors and then season two takes place like after that um probably during the crate uh like the events of the last jedi since that takes place like right before um or right after the force awakens so it's like the only animated show that we've gotten that's about the sequel era and it's 
disconnect. It's not like the Clone Wars. It's like a different style of animation. It's not. There's like no force in it. There, there's like one episode where they stumble upon a Sith temple, but they don't like know what it is, mm-hmm. and they just kind of get lost in it and have to get out basically. But besides that, there's not really any force ness to it, except that Kylo Ren is maybe in like two episodes, but he doesn't do anything. Um, but it was one of the shows where I was like, eh, this is definitely for kids, so I don't know if I'll <laughs> ever watch it. But then I was like, well, now I'm a Star Wars completionist, yeah. and I need to watch it. And it actually wasn't bad. Like, I mm-hmm. actually enjoyed it. I watched it on my breaks at work, so I would get through two episodes a day when I worked, and then sometimes on a day off when I was, like, making lunch, I would put on another yeah. episode. And I got through pretty fast, and it it wasn't actually bad once you can get past that it's for kids. Um, so I think there's only two seasons of it because uh, I don't think they're, they got the viewership they were looking for, even though they were like, oh, yeah, we only meant it to be two seasons. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, to get nominated for Outstanding Children's Series, I guess I didn't realize that season two just came out in the time that it would get nominated yeah. for this. So I wasn't expecting to see that, but, like, it, I didn't think... Like, it, it was pretty good, I thought. The characters were all very... Like, it was easy to get into the characters once you had, like, BB-8 and Poe to latch onto and kind of transition from them. Yeah. I'm, my first instinct was, like, well, this looks so dumb, and I haven't watched it yet, but I'm now looking at it... From the perspective, well, I thought Rebels would be very dumb, too, and I loved Rebels. So, I don't think this necessarily will hold up to the same quality as Rebels. So, I think my first impression was this looks really dumb, and I'm sure once I watch it, I'll be like, it was good, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um... It's not very important to the overall story like yeah. Rebels and Clone Wars are, but it's just, like, a fun thing. Yeah, so um, that's cool to see it get nominated for That's something. the nomination for that. And now uh, we're just going to read through the 15 nominations let's, for let's The Mandalorian. Read. And we'll stop and talk about... Um, Some of the bigger one. ones. Yeah. All right. So, well... Let's I'm, start at the bottom of the list. Yeah, so it was nominated for Outstanding Stunt Coordination for a Drama Series, Limited Series, or Movie. Now, if you ask me this makes sense now I'm, i don't know the other nominees yeah i, I don't nece- watch much TV. yeah i don't necessarily follow like super modern and current tv because now they're all on exclusive streaming mm-hmm. things like apple tv and things that i HBO either don't stuff. have or like don't follow that much mm-hmm. so but this makes sense it was very action heavy and especially stunt heavy show mm-hmm. so i mean i'm not too surprised to see this well who knows if it'll win or not Outstanding special visual effects. This definitely deserves a win. This has to win, <laughs> if, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Again, I don't know the nominees, but I don't think anything deserves like, it. <laughs> the Mandalorian... This. Again, we're going to plug the Mandalorian docuseries. Like, the this Mandalorian... This is groundbreaking like, in television history. I guarantee... Like, <laughs> I guarantee that the future of Star Wars especially, but of like, filmmaking is going to look back at what The Mandalorian did for visual effects, and, like, that is going to be 
it's just gonna be revolutionary. I don't think yeah. you can deny that it's yeah. going to be revolutionary. I mean, Pandora's box has been open, except in a positive context. Yeah. Like, there's no going back after this. They used, I mean, we've talked about it before, so we won't go too deep into it, but they used just video walls and video ceiling to create what they call the sound. Volume. The volume. See, I always mix that <laughs> the up. The sound. The sound. That doesn't make sense. It's called the volume. I swear I watched this. If you watch, if you watch the Mandalorian docu series, you'll know that they use a virtual game engine. (laughs) Yeah, but John uh, Favreau won't shut up about the Lion King and and also even the. I mean, it's a mixture of these extraordinary digital effects, effects, but then also like the practical effects on like Mm -hmm. Baby Yoda. Like Star Wars, something they've been using, and they've all looked pretty good. But you know, Baby Yoda is adorable, and he's gonna he's gonna cinch the win. Star Wars has always been Mm -hmm. like a forerunner of special effects, like the original trilogy. Like, I I think it got nominated for like Best Picture, and I think it got nominated for, like, best visual effects and one at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars won, I'm pretty sure. And then, like, the prequel trilogy was, like, they were the movies that were, like, right at the turning of the digital era, where cameras stopped using actual film and started mm-hmm. using digital. And George Lucas was like, I'm on it. We're green screening. And they still used a lot of practical effects and miniature yeah. sets. But a lot of, like new technology was used on the prequels as well and then the sequel trilogy it's kind of harder to like understand because they i don't know if they've released a lot besides like the director and the jedi documentary um and i haven't watched any other behind the scenes stuff but um i'm sure the blending of digital and practical effects on those is just as like good and important but now, like, The Mandalorian, this is, like, new technology that's never been used in this way before. So, definitely deserves I'm it. expecting a win for that. Um, next, it was nominated for Outstanding Sound Mixing for Comedy or Drama Series or an- Animation. Mm-hmm. Now, the sound mixing category in every award show, I'm, like, I'm always, like, how do they tell which is mm-hmm. better than the other? You know, like... I feel like if it's terrible sound mixing, you can yeah. spot that. But I feel like with all these big budget, like I said, these exclusive streaming shows, like, they're all good. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just don't understand, like, how they yeah. separate, like, the good from the great. Yeah. So, um, I will say, I really like, there's a lot There's a lot of characters that speak through helmets. That's true. And need to get emotion across without facial... Um, like cues so obviously body language acting and like tone of voice is going to be important for that but also i think sound mixing helps yeah. with that as well plus anytime there's laser bolts or ad- additional sound effects like the mixing mm-hmm. i think is what i think i'm right here the a sound effect or the mixing is how it like s- ha- that makes it sound like it's in the world and not like yeah well that just sounds That's like that's blending like, levels to yeah. create so depth like, and audio. So, like, great sound mixing is something you'd never think about unless you have because to. Because you're just immersed. Bad you know? sound mixing, you're like, that doesn't sound yeah. right. So, sound like, mixing isn't usually Yeah, like, something, something like sound design or, like, sound engineering would come more 
to the forefront of yeah, my mind when thinking like about Star Wars sound, because Star basically. Wars is iconic for mm-hmm. a lot of its its sound bites, but you know that's really like. Yeah. And that leads us into outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series, and you know, that's like putting sounds in sequence, like yeah, blaster like, bolts, all that kind of stuff. But the sound ones again, like good sound. Like, good sound is... You don't think about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, the job of the sound people is to be unnoticeable. Mm-hmm. Because it should just be something that you don't think about because you don't have to. It yeah. doesn't stick out. Again, we don't really... We don't really have it super deep knowledge of the other shows to really compare mm-hmm. against The Mandalorian. But I could... Un- like, I we understand why it's nominated, I guess. Um, here's a pretty big one, actually. Um in my eyes at least, it was non- n- n- nominated for Outstanding Music Composition for a series, uh, parentheses, original dramatic score. Yes. and Give it to the Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know any of the other scores, but Ludwig was r- college roommates with Childish Gambino, so yeah, <laughs> he deserves I, it. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian and it went to like, the title card, I was like, shoot dude well, when it was like the doo-doo. oh yeah dude, dude i was like dude starts, this is awesome it starts with that flute and you're just like what or not the flute it's a recorder but it's like the it's like well this is like weird kind of tribal kind of mystical and then it's just like and then there's like that scream like that techno screamish sound like uh it's not like a vocal scream, but like yeah. the sound of it, I don't know, has like a screamy It's like a whine. It. Yeah. Kind of like and a, it's just like... Like a speeder whine, kind yeah. of like the... Burr. But just that whine right after the... Ba-dum is just so... Like, there's something yeah. about it. Like, that's my favorite part. It really... It captures the tone of the show, just like... Mm-hmm. And you're just... Like I said, I was just like, this is awesome. You yeah. know? The kind of and the, then, like, the sci-fi western. It sometimes gets, like, there's more bass and, like, techno elements to it, the score. Like, especially in, like, the Prisoner episode. Like, it just gets more techno and, like, mm-hmm. bassy. So, I, yeah, the score was really yeah. good. Up next, it was nominated for Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup for a series, limited series, and... So, uh, it, it it tells every episode that's yeah. nominated. Um and so this one is for chapter six, the prisoner, the one mm-hmm. I was just talking about, and that is the one that had like the Deveronian guy, the red guy with the horns, and then the two Twi'leks. Yeah. And uh, like the Bill, Bill Burr episode. Yeah. yeah, the best character in that show. Um, so. So that makes yeah, sense. like I can see that yeah. there's three aliens that are actors in complete like body makeup, mm-hmm. with like appendages sticking off their head. I don't know why, maybe not, like, the Cantina episodes, or... Or my immediate thought was, um, the... I forget his actual name, but the Ugnaught character. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that was prosthetic makeup, too, so... But, I mean, he wasn't in that particular episode, Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. That's why, yeah, um... But, yeah, I, again, don't know the nominees, but that does make sense. Okay, now this one. Next nominee is Outstanding Single Camera Picture Editing. So, I don't know the Emmys, so I don't really know. Or, I don't I've really never, know like, what quali- known what that means. 
So it's for chapter two, The Child, which is weird because that's like one of the weirder episodes. That's probably the most forgettable one. That That's the one with the mud horn, yeah? So single camera picture editing sounds like obviously they're only using one camera. And I don't know if they're, if it means like a shot I, that's like the editing that's like within one shot. Not counting, like, the cutting between each other, maybe. I, again, I don't I know. I have no clue, but... Yeah, but, I mean... I'm sure there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Outstanding fantasy or sci-fi costumes? Yeah. For Chapter 3, The Sin, that is the one... Um, the one with all the Mandalorians. Yeah. And all the bounty hunters. So, and so, all, like, the dirty... Yeah, immediately I was like, yeah. this makes sense. Like, Definitely. Je- I mean, not only... Like, the sheer quantity of costumes, like mm-hmm. you said. All these different groups and a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, Star Wars is always... Like, makeup, prosthetics, and costume design. Star Wars has always made you... Excelled. Unless it's, like, a CG character, you're always... Mm-hmm. Are, like... They just belong yeah. in the world. They just look like what they're supposed to be. And that's just a given mm-hmm. with Star Wars. Uh, next, outstanding cinematography for a single camera series. So yeah, single camera must mean like that they only use one camera. Though, I feel like most, or I would feel like most of the, like I th- I feel like most productions would use more than one camera. Maybe that's because I'm more familiar mo- with movies where that's maybe easier, but. Yeah, um, I really don't. Cinematography was great. I don't know how much of it was actually cinematography, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, yeah, but... But um, that is for, I mean, if this sheds any light for you, the listener, it's for Chapter 7, The Reckoning, which is one of the best... It was It's Taika's considered, episode. like, the best episode, yeah, I think. I thought it was. I thought... I liked it better than the finale, just because the job of that episode was to... Or no, Taika directed the finale didn't he um or was that no i don't think deborah so. chow i don't think i think he did seven are you sure i don't know episode remember. eight starts yeah because seven's the one it opens up with the scout troopers and um they don't have the child and then eight and because uh, the ending of seven is with the death troopers and they're holed down in the bar and they have baby yoda you know what I'm talking about? Episode 8 is where they escape I think it's the bar. time for a rewatch. Yeah. But. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, next one. I, just, I guess cinematography yeah. makes sense. Uh, outstanding production design for a narrative program. Uh, production design, it's for chapter 1. So that would be like the interior of the ship and that, uh, the cantina at the beginning and mm-hmm. like, um, Everywhere he goes in that episode, basically. Like, again, I feel like they use a lot of the volume for stuff, so I don't know how much physical stuff... Like, I would get it if it was... um, Like, I would have nominated episode 5 for this, because they go back and they completely recreate the Mos Eisley Cantina, like, exactly how it looks in episode 7. So I would have thought that one more than this. You have to consider... 
Um, I feel like they didn't really know what to do with the volume Mm -hmm. because it isn't like the image isn't edited in like the Mm -hmm. image is captured. So maybe that is considered part Mm -hmm. of production design could be because it's for it's like having a painted set in the background. True. So I guess they could have it's very possible. That's true. If that's the case, then yeah, give it to it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Nothing else used the volume. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else. Uh, Outstanding guest actor. And this is for Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. And he deserves every award in the entire planet. Okay. (laughs) Giancarlo Esposito is a phenomenal freaking Mm -hmm. actor, especially as a villain. Moff Gideon is going to show up and he's going to wreck some crap in season two. I guarantee it. Let's see the dark saber. Let's see it. I want to know how he got yeah. the dark saber. I want to know where he got all of his troopers. I want to see him use death yeah. troopers more because those are my favorite troopers. If I he one... just seems like such a cool villain, and he was in one episode. Yeah, if I have one minor complaint, and it's not because of his performance, I feel like he was a little bit monologue-y. He was like, "This is an e web blaster," mm-hmm. like. You well, know think, about these. Well, I think his, I think his character was, like, yeah. was so, like... No, I think that was good for his character because his character is so scary because all of these characters who don't want anyone to know about them, he knows everything about them. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the guy who's just like, yeah, Din Jaren, I know you're in there. And we're just like... That's his name? How First of all, how does, how does he, he know, know that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh yeah, I know you're a shock trooper, and I know who you are, and I know who you're, you are. You're and a so, robot. So I think, <laughs> like, I I think that kind of adds yeah. to his okay. scariness. I see that. Speaking uh, but yeah, of he's robots, a good actor. He, Breaking Bad, watch that yeah. one. Yeah, the next nomination is Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance, and this is for Taika Waititi as IG-11. I am shocked. That it is not Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian for this award. Like That is weird, isn't it? Taika was in two or three episodes. Pedro's in every episode. And, like, they're both doing the same thing. They're acting with only their voice when a face doesn't capture yeah. the emotion. But, like... I I can't imagine well, why they wouldn't again, get it to Pedro. I think this might be a little bit of a technicality because... Because he does appear? He is, in the in a lot of parts where he delivers lines, most of the parts where he delivers lines, he is in the suit. Mm. So, yeah, they... Although they have to mix the sound and engineer it a little bit differently because he's wearing a helmet, it is still him under mm. there. So, I guess... Sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, though, not so. all the time. But uh, I feel like maybe that's why there is a possible hang-up there, but... This one's just weird to me. Like, yeah. it seems like... Not that he did a bad job, but, like, it seems like... It seems like when they were nom Like, when they were, like, nominating things... Or, like, sig- like nominating things to get added to the nominations for the mm-hmm. award. Yeah, Someone I was like, yo, what about when Taika voiced the, Ele- the IG-11 robot? And yeah. then enough people were like... Okay. Yeah. I can't <laughs> imagine this will win. Like, a... I don't know how many other voiceover performances there are, what it's up against, but it just seems like a weird inclusion, to yeah. be honest. But, I mean, good for Taika. I mean, he managed to do a lot with mm-hmm. a little, so. All right, and, and then, then the big the big, the big one, 
It was nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. So this is basically the best picture of yeah. the Emmys, I think. But... I did see some of the ones that this is up against. is like Watchmen, I think Stranger Things, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was on there? Ozark. Um, I think Better Call Saul got a few nominations, which is also a pretty good show. Another Giancarlo Esposito show. Um, will it win? I think... Probably not likely, just because, like, there's so many good things, and I don't yeah. know if they'll go with this one. I definitely think it'll win for, like, special effects stuff, but... Yeah. This one... I would love to see it win, but I don't I know. I feel like this one will probably go to Watchmen, and if not Watchmen, Ozark. Um, I, I actually don't think... I think I, I read, watch enough TV I think to, like, I heard, actually saw a lot of outrage that um, Better Call Saul wasn't nominated for this. I thought maybe there was oh. a snub there. I mean, it was nominated for a few things, but I don't think particularly this, and I know there's some up, uh, upset about that. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I can't. I don't think Stranger Things will win because that seems like... It seems like that came seems out like so long so ago. Seems like so long ago, and like... If it did, like, not that it's bad, but every Stranger Things season has just, like, it's, I very much view it as one, I guess, and it all kind of having the same tone, so if it didn't win in years prior, I can't imagine it will win now. Yeah, I don't know. I think the same thing about, like, Stranger Things is, like, most TV shows, which is, like, I'll watch it once when it comes out and then i will like move on from it whereas something like the clone wars like i'll just go back and watch Mm -hmm. an arc every once in a while just because i want to and and the mandalorian like i'm gonna rewatch before season two and then probably we're gonna have to do like breakdowns of it and stuff yeah and just just for your um your education i guess think of how crazy it is like we said, the nominations: Watchmen is HBO limited streaming. It's so funny. That Mandalorian you say, is it, Disney. It's so funny that you say Watchmen. <laughs> when I would say like Watchmen. 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 I don't know. I speak weird. Anyway, but Mandalorian is Disney Plus, a streaming service. Ozark and Stranger Things are both Netflix originals. Like, and I think this was mentioned at the Golden Globes too. They're like, like I feel like cable TV isn't a thing anymore like original mm-hmm. breaking bad i mean not breaking bad better call saul is still is cable but like i feel like most people watch that on streaming things anyway although it it like airs is it still huh i thought netflix was putting it out maybe no, that was wrong. it's not i don't know um but it's just crazy to think yeah. that and once once star wars starts putting out all these other original series if they can if they're as good as mandalorian and probably better like all like it's it's gonna it's just completely changing the tv landscape so this emmys will be something to see we might even watch it (laughs) you know maybe we will who's to Uh, say all right but uh that is it for the podcast um so yeah we have what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean... What, do you have any final thoughts? I guess just uh, we, we're we going to tweak with the f- 
format a little bit more. So I think this is going to, if everything goes according to plan, this should go to a cutaway with a little outro for you because we're trying to streamline the outro a bit and maybe the intro too, just workshop a bit. A bit. So, um, but yeah, I, as far as the Tabana talk goes, I think that was... It was satisfactory. We really mined that to banner. <laughs> we really mined that gas. Uh-huh, right. Is what we did. So, what are we... We're doing an outro now. Yep. Thank you for listening to Lando's Lounge. Lando's Lounge can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. The intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band Closed on Sunday Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening and tune in to the next episode.